Ready? Yeah, I would, yeah. Uh, yes. Are you about to start eating again? <laughs> can, we, can we start? <laughs> start slurping on some soup or something? listener and welcome to the Cellar Dwellers podcast, a podcast dedicated to the best of the worst of the AFL. My name's Sam. I'm hobbled up in Castle Black up in Canberra. Chris, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm good. Couldn't believe end of Game of Thrones though. Yeah, completely shocking end. I uh, yeah. didn't see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Who knew Nat Fife was a White Walker all along? Oh, who knew? Disqualify yeah. him from the Brownlow. Yeah. Hey, uh, do we need to have a spoiler horn? Oh, I think it's just after Chris Judd's retirement, nothing's, nothing's left. <laughs> the milk's gone bad and Chris Judd no longer plays AFL football. <laughs> okay, I'm done with this series. I'm done with this AFL business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. It's one of the longest <laughs> running, most happens. successful TV shows ever. But, but you, you take out a major character like that, you'll lose my interest. Yeah, what happened when they just gave players babies? <laughs> um, a quiet week in the cellar, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting towards the last of the split rounds this week, but uh, still a pretty interesting, a pretty interesting weekend in the cellar. We saw some surprising performances, but to run to run our our football fan over it, um, the ladder remains unchanged. In fifteenth, we've got Melbourne. Sixteenth, Brisbane. Oh, sorry, no, there has been a change. There has, has been, been a change. change. Yeah, Carlton's back on the bottom. 17th, mm. Gold Coast. 18th, Carlton. Mm. Uh, the Didn't tight play and he rate. still lost a position. That's right. Well, that's and the Carlton And it's not like way. the Suns won. Well, put it this way. It was it, it was more likely that we would... Uh, well, it's, it's surprising that we managed to go backwards without playing, but it's not like we were going to go forward by... It's not like we were going to actually play and move up. So, yeah, <laughs> it's not, not the most surprising outcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So let's start then with the Gold Coast. Let's shake it up a bit this week. Um, yes. Uh, a match which, uh, on paper, well, a match which was exciting throughout. Um, yeah. Twists so and they went, turns. Gold Coast goes down to Fremantle. Fremantle 53, Gold Coast 46. Last week mm. we'd said if Gold Coast, if Fremantle and their raiding party and the Purple Pirates didn't come in marauding into Metricon Stadium and win by at least 50 points, it would be disappointing. And I think that's a fair criticism at this point. That was yep. a very poor outing by Port. But there is something to be said, the fact that the score was highly misleading. So it was 6-17-53 to 7-4-46. Yes. Um, yep. But barely more than a goal uh, in it. And up to the final minute, it still looked like uh, things were going to be pushed through. Well, it, the, was still, the, it could it was be close. Still, uh, it, was two, it was two. It was two goals with with a minute to go, and then Gold Coast pegged one back. Um, yeah, but they were still they were still within a kick for a decent for, oh, chunk much of, of the time last there. quarter. Yeah, uh, it was it was a really exciting game uh, from that perspective. A little, I mean, very sloppy and up in mm. the what was some pretty misty and humid conditions on the Gold Coast, mm. but 
there's some really pleasing things. That was clearly Gold Coast's best outing of the year. Um, even their win against Brisbane doesn't really compare to that. Um, what I was most impressed by was sort of three things that I'd say. The first thing, I want to praise Tom Lynch for playing on with a minute to go and booting a, a huge goal from almost 60 out um, to take it to a six-point ball game uh, with about 40 seconds left. Unlike Stefan Martin for for Brisbane, uh, when there was time was running down and Brisbane really needed to just kick a goal and he took his full run up and then kicked it behind, Tom Lynch just ripped mm-hmm. the ball off a teammate, had a ping, got the goal, and then, the, and then Fremantle ended up coming out on top, but he gave his team the best chance to win. Um, the other thing that I'd say, Chris, is that Gold Coast had a really pleasing level of tackle pressure. Um, they did, they did. Now, they, they laid uh, 87 tackles um, against the Purple Pirates, uh, 81, um, which is... Any, any, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, they've... And it's not like the disposal count was, you know, drastically in um, Fremantle's favour. It was, you know lopsided but they still managed to um, apply a decent chunk of pressure um, and that's really I think where you you, you see that uh, disparity in goal kicking come from is that they they did harry them all across the that's field. That's right yeah they um, didn't they didn't give up anything easy which is I mean a complete turnaround for this team who was one of the softest uh, mm. count, counter or on t- one of the easiest teams to score against on the counter attack this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other person I'd single out uh, for praise is Tom Nichols, the mm. uh, now pretty much full-time ruckman for the Gold Coast. It's not a position that's ever been particularly strong for that team, but yeah. he battled uh, man against boy fully against Aaron Sanderlands, um, who was his usual dominant self, who, who took some big marks and, you know, uh, it's a hard position to learn, but it's... Uh, he showed a lot of being one of the con- sort of what people are looking for from a modern ruckman. Um, he was uh, athletic. He used the ball well. He set up players with his hands um, around the ground. And he did a lot of the things that you need to do as a ruckman outside mm. of the ruck contest. Yeah. And um, he's got the height. And once he bulks up a bit to be, uh, he'll get the strength to be to be an effective ruckman. And that's a key mm. piece to develop as a young team. It's not essential. Um it's not crucial, but it's, it's good to see, and that's something for them. Um, one it does negative. lead us into fun with stats time. Fun with stats? Yes, fun with stats, um, because everybody you know who's a fun-loving individual in your life is a statistician. Well... Um, just get your brown V-neck out. And, I've got it. I'm wearing it. I've got my brown V-neck. Right I've got, I'm wearing a cardigan over it. Oh, how, how, hit me uh, with, le- how hit- much... You know, what's the percentage on leather... Um, on your elbow patches there? Uh, pure poly- polyurethane. Oh. <laughs> Slow down, you're getting me hot under the collar. Okay. That's good. Um, the uh, hit-outs. 84 to 28. <laughs> so pretty normal. Pretty normal. For <laughs> pretty normal. Out. Pretty normal. But <laughs> clearances, 57 to 34. So... Um, you kind of left wondering. <laughs> oh, uh, they, 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 I think that that means that they they weren't trying to read Nichols' taps, but he had a, he had a number to advantage. Yeah. Um, and really, in the end, some of Sandland's most effective ones where he just reached back and slapped the ball sort of ten to fifteen meters forward just for the White Walker to run into. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, now the other the other fun stat from this game is marks inside fifty. Uh, 
Now, Fremantle took 12 marks from 53 entries, which is not great, but it's fine. Um, Gold Coast took two. Two marks. Yeah, and that brings me to the person who I previously praised, uh, but I think it's pretty clear now that he does need red wine before a match to perform. Uh, (laughs) Sir Charles of House Dixon. Yes. Five disposals, two marks as a key forward. Just nowhere even near good enough. Just nowhere bad. near good enough, no. Just just very bad. Mm. Um, so Gold Coast are off this week. Uh, we'll see if if Carlton can get close against Port Adelaide and seize back second in the race for the spoon. Second odd percentage. Um, second odd percentage. Yes. But uh, they'll be looking ahead to their to their really big Sunday afternoon clash uh, the week after that. Uh, against Carlton, and it'll be interesting to see them a fortnight from now and see where they're up to. Yes, now that um, that is probably the critical game in the race for the spoon. Um, it's, you would it's suggest shaping up as a massive one. Yeah, uh, yeah halfway through the season, um, so you can you know book tickets now. Get get amongst that, that game. That mm. they're probably going to be giving them away though, so don't worry. There'll be prime <laughs> seats left. There'll be prime. There'll be seats two for one deals. There may even uh, be three for one deals. Uh, don't worry about buying tickets for your kids. They'll definitely get in for free. Yeah. Um, yeah, until we get to really late in the season when Brisbane and Gold Coast play in round 19, uh, that's sort of the... And then, and then round 20 sees Brisbane and Carlton play. Uh, those are those are shaping up as the, the really big contests. Uh, yes, well, particularly now that, um, now that we move to our next match of the weekend, which we predicted was going to be the match of the round. And uh, look... It well, was. we may have got the scoreline from Fremantle and <laughs> Gold Coast a bit wrong. The St Kilda-Melbourne match was the game that we all thought it might be. Um, it was fast. Lived up to expectations. Yeah, fast, fluid at times, full of mistakes. Um, a few teams got a run on and uh, it was decided by two points in the last 40 seconds. Uh, or, so, yeah, with uh, almost no time left, 15 uh, seconds left, Lee Montagna, goals for St Kilda to give them the, uh, was it 85 to 83? Yes. Pretty sure that, 85 to 83 win over Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne now firmly entrenched in 15th, uh, is that right? Yeah, 15th. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, A game behind the Saints, uh, really in in in. So many ways, a crushing loss for Melbourne. Yes. Uh, they, uh, I mean, Jesse Hogan missed an absolute sitter late before mm. uh, flying Jeremy Howe, kicked mm. a brilliant goal on a tight angle um, to take the lead. I'm sure many of our listener have seen the uh, the highlight play. Our listeners got a, got you know multiple personality disorder now, do they? Uh, it's sort of like a swarm mentality, I think. <laughs> Um, but for Melbourne, seeing as, seeing as they're in the cellar and they're who we should focus on, um, they'd be thrilled with the performance of uh, Jesse Hogan. I mean, a player with the confidence to take on the number mm-hmm. one. Um, mm-hmm. Five goals, one, uh, six marks. Uh, really, really won his matchup in the back line and uh, sucked up a lot of, a lot of pressure. Uh, Nathan Jones and Bernie Vince, again, look like they've been playing together for years and years and years, and mm. uh, they looked they looked really very good. And uh, 
Perhaps they, one of the they more... were they were a bit hard done by you know they 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 pushed and pushed for scores in that final quarter and just that, couldn't, that last quarter that last quarter was just two two absolutely exhausted teams just yeah. sort of standing in place turning the ball over to each other. Yeah, so um, St Kilda got out to twenty four points um, just before half time and then Melbourne put on a string of six unanswered goals which must have really sapped them to do that. Yeah, because um, they were pretty well done. <laughs> Um, and you could see that when that siren went, uh, they, um, and look, it was all tied. It was all tied at three quarter time. Mm-hmm. They, they fought their way back in all tied at three quarter time. And then each, you know, it was, it was one goal, one goal four to, to, uh, to one goal two is the, is the difference in the end. St Kilda just generated a little bit more productively inside 50. Nick Rewalt uh, charging around still on a on a gimpy leg um, was heroic, and and Melbourne didn't have an answer for it, for what he was doing. Um, in some ways, it seemed like Melbourne's approach was uh, strained at times. They dominated possession of the ball in yes. a way that you rarely see. They uh, really 415 did. disposals to 307 um, <laughs> sort of figures that you'd expect to see from. Uh, an absolute pasting. Late late two thousand era Geelong. Yeah. Um, the won the clearances, won the contested possession, won the hit outs. But use the ball by hand a lot, try yeah. to run through St Kilda's zone and sometimes ran themselves into trouble, but that will probably improve with time. Mm. And they did a lot of the ineffective switch. Now, mm. I, I don't have the traditional football commentators problem or fans problem of, of the switch, I think. It's necessary when you face an overloaded zone on one side of the ground. To yeah, you're better to maintain possession rather than bomb it in unthinkingly. And to, and to move the ball and force that zone to move mm. and try and beat the roll around. But mm. too many times when the switch was executed, the Melbourne player, uh, who was sort of the mid, the middle of the chain, the first, yeah. the first receiver or the second receiver, didn't move mm. the ball quickly, and that meant that St Kilda were able to well, look, flood we saw, to the other side of the ground. We saw, you know... What happens when you don't switch on um, on Friday night? Port just uh, bombed it in long to Geelong defence, um, rather than sizing up where the opposition were and going, well, that's not the best option. Let's try another way in. Mm. Um, so I I don't fault Melbourne for trying to do it. Um, I do fault their forward structure a little bit, uh, in spite of um, Jesse Hogan looking like a yeah they just don't uh, yeah. genuine full forward already but they they really they're really missing um, Chris Dawes Chris Dawes yeah um, Mitch Clark could probably help no nah, Mitch <laughs> Clark is probably um, he's probably better where he is <laughs> I I, th- I don't think Mitch Clark no, I don't not think biased, Mitch Clark but, um, <laughs> um, look uh, a fascinating game though yeah. uh, well done to the Saints for for pulling out an absolute oh, uh, yeah if you haven't seen it yet go go watch. Just the last, you'll go, you'll be able yeah, to get go it. Go watch the last five the minutes. On the o- have it. Yeah, the AFL website has it. Yeah, go, um, go have a look at the last five minutes because that is um, some pretty pretty good high-pressure football. So let's go to our decisive indecision then, and it's mm. clearly unanimously got to be Paul Ruse. Um, you take the lead with less than a minute to go mm. of a brilliant kick from Jeremy Howe, and there's two faults that happen. The first is one of the actual decision-making itself. Mm. Melbourne put numbers behind the ball, but they didn't absolutely flood. There was no reason for there to be a single player. Well, they didn't actually put numbers behind the ball. They manned up one-on-one. 
Um, so there were six St Kilda forwards, six Melbourne defenders, um, and that meant that um, when St Kilda won the centre clearance and ran in, they were able to have yep. a series of one-on-ones go their way, um, and then you know you make one defensive mistake and Montagna's in and kicking the goal. Uncontested, right yeah. Yeah. The, so I think that then gets to the second problem, though, which is that that failure to make it impossible for St Kilda to move the ball into yes. the just yeah. give up, give up the clearance. Who cares? Yeah. Bring the ball to ground and dive on it. Yeah. Uh, make the umpires call holding the ball. That that was a problem. But the second one's one of preparation, and that's that if you're going to go man on man, and that's the basic defensive principles that you're operating under, and that's how you want to be, then you cannot. You have to. Your players have to know they can't let their man get goal side. Yeah. Um, I wasn't able to pick up in the footage who was meant to be on Lee Montagna, but uh, just a... I don't think it would have mattered. He got 28 possessions for the match. And, um, and oh, but you can't, he can't be goal side of you. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. It's, not, it's just not acceptable. Um, so a bit heartbreaking for Melbourne, but oh, the one player I, w- I would signal uh, as being having a, a real career game um, was Neville Jetta, uh, young halfback for Melbourne Demons. I was talking about the switching that they were executing. He really used the ball well by foot and has the promise of what it sort of what is the unfortunate term of the quarterback. Um, but he, he seemed composed in his decision making by foot. He took a really tough mark um, in defence as well at one point and just looked like a promising young player. So Angus Brayshaw, Neville Jetta, there are some young building blocks there at mm-hmm. Melbourne that, that are looking pretty good. Now Melbourne Melbourne um, brought on a sub with one of the most classic um football player names I think I've heard for a while um, in the third quarter, which is Viv Michi. Now, <laughs> Michi. Um, Michi. <laughs> it's just Viv, Big Viv. Uh, anyway. I don't think Big, big Viv's, Viv, Viv's six, six foot one and 83 kilos. Yeah, not so big. Uh, as a midfielder. No, I thought you were, I thought you were going to single out um, uh a player that I wish I'd picked up in this fantastically named Melbourne team, uh, which is Billy Stretch. Billy Stretch, yeah. Not too bad. Uh, uh, who's a, a pint-sized little midfielder, but um, and who's, you know, now picked up three games, he's 18. The, the youth are going to come through for Melbourne. That's looking that's looking good for them. Let's keep moving on then, Chris. Under yes. the Roads Goal Kicking Scholarship, our annual survey of goal kicking in the AFL. Mm. Um where kick do we lie goal, after this week? Kick, don't kick, kick a you goal. Have to be, it's, kick, a goal, kick a goal, then do not kick goals. Kick yeah. everything but goals. Yeah. Um, uh, get some points and then uh, get some see, points. see where you stand see what at you, the end see of what the... See what your, accuracy, your yeah. accuracy percentage is. Yeah. So uh, can I just say there's, there's a player who should be on this list uh, who because of that won't be, but I was desperately hoping for him to kick a goal, and that's uh, Will Hoskin Elliott. Oh yes, GWS. Who I haven't gone and looked at his uh, his total stats for the for the game, uh, but I know he kicked no go no goals four and one out on the full, um, and they were not hard shots and they were goals that before the complete decim but dec- decimation by injury of GWS. Um, although the mountain looking like a good call up for, yeah. for GWS next week, having lost Shane Mumford. <laughs> um, Gregor looks like they're going to name Gregor Clegane. <laughs> Gregor Clegane is an emergency. It's an emergency. Um, yes. Uh, so, West Ross's chief jam maker. 
the <laughs> his techniques are questionable, but it just tastes so good. Um, um, but so you know, Will Hoffman Elliott absent absent from the list uh, will be interesting to to see if he manages to make an appearance later in the year. Uh, no goal, no goals for Will. Not good. Yeah, so Will, here's his official stats line here. Here we go. Uh, yeah, no goals for um, and one incomplete. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Zero, zero goals off five scoring shots. Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, proceed, Chris. Who's our, who's our top five this week in the, in the road? Yeah, so top shit? five, top five. Well, we've, we've got um, tied in fifth, uh, Angus Brayshaw of Melbourne. Um who gets one goal, one behind, one incomplete, uh, matching stats with Darren Minchington of St Kilda. Um, and they've got 33% accuracy. So they, they've slotted themselves one point in their first entry into the roads. Then, really, um, a, good, a, good, a good week to get some diversity in the, uh, in the road goal kicking scholarship. Yeah, because... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, Michael Ruscitelli actually... Uh, is our next cab off the rank, and this is his second attempt. Um, so he he got one goal, no behinds, two incomplete for thirty three percent. So Michael, at risk of not telling his parents about that performance, then. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I'd walk it off, but I'm under a blanket and a laptop and a dog. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. You're welcome, listener. <laughs> I think they they probably threw their listening device across the room at this point. Are you there, listener? Listener? Uh, so who's next on the list then? Yeah. So <laughs> next on the list, is while I try and uh, not vomit, um, uh, Brent Harvey, North Melbourne. Uh, one goal, three behinds, none incomplete, 25%. Gets him four points. Yeah, and, from the, uh, the, sorry. Interesting that from North Melbourne. They didn't seem like they were in the game at all, but they had more scoring shots. Just interesting thing that accuracy can create. Mm. Uh, a loss. Uh, a, mm. a third quarter where they kicked four goals, five, and Sydney kicked three goals, two, um, was enough to keep Sydney comfortably in front. And then yep. another two, another two goals, three in the last quarter. Two goals fallen in the last quarter for North just meant they couldn't put the pressure on. Um, anyway, keep going. Brent Harvey didn't help his team then. No, no, he did not. Um... Boomer. And then uh, last one, uh, one of our pod faves, uh, Tim Membry of St Kilda. Um, uh, one goal, two behind. Uh, one incomplete, uh, 25%, and uh, uh, lucked, lucked out there, not uh, getting the bonus point for <laughs> heartbreak. For heartbreak, that's right. Um, uh, but uh, So he, he leads this round with five points. But we do have a new leader. Um, Ooh. Yeah, Are you is... at risk of telling us who that is? Uh, well, yes, I am. <laughs> it's Michael Ristretelli. Um, who's on seven points? He, he played really well for them on the weekend, despite his inaccuracy, um, which turned out to be you know quite heartbreaking inaccuracy for Gold Coast. But uh, he was um 
he was clearly one of their best players on the yeah. field. So, yeah. so um, he's he's uh, put uh, Big Cheese to the sword. Big uh, Cheese string is out. Yep, and uh, the risk is in. So um, um, next week, uh, I don't think rats off. Rats off to you, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Well done. And uh, I think they're not playing next week, so um, the doggies, you know, Big Cheese, back in with a chance to reclaim his rightful place on the throne. Um, let's move on then, Chris, to, to the last thing we're going to do this week. Um, there's, uh, there's a few matches of some importance this week for the, for the seller teams. Carlton and Port on Saturday is looking like the most likely of them or, or um, it's Brisbane and... I'm just gonna, I've forgotten the fixture here. <laughs> Brisbane uh, and the doggies. Brisbane and, and, and the doggies. So cheese yeah, ringer. Yeah, yeah. Um, on, on Saturday night. But um, that's it for this week, listener. Um, we hope your team does well. So, uh, if, you're, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Um, rate and review us. It makes us feel better. Um, let us know that the swarm, the swarm mind of listener is out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, if you're not uh, enjoying the podcast, still subscribe on iTunes. Still subscribe. Still get, steal 10 of your friends' phones and subscribe. Yeah. yeah. Um, that way, uh, just do that. Don't come up with a risk. Just do it because we're telling mm-hmm. you to. Um, all right. Best of luck your teams this weekend. Chris, yeah. uh, do you want to leave us with a, with a catchphrase? Uh, in lieu of a catchphrase this week, uh, I've decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this out with um, one of the best uh, theme songs um, that has sadly gone by the by, and that's Brisbane Bears' original club <laughs> song. So just... Enjoy um, this now. Just sit back, relax. Sit back, relax. Do listen to the end. Bye. Bye. What do we say when we run out to play? Dare to feed the bear. What do we say when we're on our way? Dare to feed the bear. Thank you.
Cut that. How about you cut that one out, friend? Can I just record this noise to play a little bit? Wow! <laughs> <laughs>